This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM 132. This is Dr. Dawn Graham and a big shout out to all of those on the front lines who are helping to keep us healthy, fed and supplied while we continue to shelter in place here in Philadelphia and many other places around the world during COVID-19. Here on Dr. Dawn on Careers, we're continuing to work remotely to bring you the best career tips and advice via blogs, online answers to your questions, and pre-recorded content to offer strategies that you can incorporate right now to empower your career. Follow me on Twitter at Dr. Dawn Graham for the latest updates, and let's dive into today's Best of Career Talk, where we welcome Brant Pinvidic. Brandt is an award-winning film director, veteran television producer, top-rated podcast host, and columnist for Forbes. And today, we're going to talk to Brandt about his new book, The Three-Minute Rule, which details the system that's helped hundreds, from CEOs to PTA presidents, say less to get more, both personally and professionally. Being able to clearly and succinctly communicate your brand value is critical during these uncertain times when you may only have a minute to capture someone's attention. And today, Brant is going to share his secret formula for doing just that. Also, stay tuned because later in the show, I'll be sharing important tips on how you can quickly become essential when starting a new job remotely. Perhaps that wasn't the plan when you were hired, but due to COVID-19, you may find yourself working at home as a newbie in your company, wondering how you can show you're relevant and stay employed. I'll tell you how after the break, so don't go away. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM 132. We're super excited to have Brant Pinvidic, award-winning film director, veteran television producer, C-level sales and presentation coach, keynote speaker, top-rated podcast host, and columnist for Forbes. Holy Hannah, I don't know when you sleep, Brant. He's been named to Hollywood Reporter's 30 Most Powerful Reality TV Sellers with many successful shows that you have heard of, The Biggest Loser, Bar Rescue, Master Chef, just to name a few. And he is widely recognized as one of the great creative sales leaders in Hollywood. I'm so excited today to talk about his new book, The Three-Minute Rule, which details the system that's helped hundreds from CEOs to PTA presidents say less to get more, both personally and professionally. Welcome, Brant. Oh, wow. I am taking you on the road. (laughs) I accept. I accept. Wow. Yeah, well, I have to say, and this is my this is my personal endorsement that, and I know I told you this last week when we spoke, but I started reading this book, and halfway through, I had to stop because I'm like, I have a presentation coming up in Florida, and I'm totally redoing it based on what I'm reading. So I stopped reading the book, and I started doing all of these processes, and I will tell you, the presentation kicked butt this week. So thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I've I've already got two offers. Yeah, I've got two offers to do additional speaking gigs, and I'm like, hmm, I think I should give Brandt a commission on that. You know, it's funny because early in my sort of like speaking training career, I I started to notice a trend where I'd have all these like half smiling faces and all this disappointment, right? And and I started to talk to people, and I realized like most of what I was doing was reminding people of how badly they were doing it in the moment and they were so distraught. I was like, well, I need to start working on how to fix it and less of like, here's what you're doing wrong. So uh, I had to redo my sort of seminars to make it a little bit easier to follow along so you don't feel so so distraught. But that's that's the great thing about this is, you know, okay, you kind of knock us down to build us up. But yeah. but once you get this process in your book, The Three-Minute Rule, it, it actually is simple. And I love that, like, you know, the new phrase I'm connecting to you is simple as the new sexy. So, you know, you could put that on your LinkedIn. Hi, I'm yeah. Brandt. Simple as the new sexy. <laughs> so... Um, that's what I love about this book is that it's something that once you kind of go through it once, it's so easy to apply to just about everything in your life, whether you're in a job search, 
uh, pitching your business to a venture capitalist, looking to get a promotion or a raise, or even if you're raising money for a good cause, I mean, it doesn't matter. This this process applies to everything. And the best part about it, aside from creating a pitch that will get people excited about jumping on board with your idea, is that it reduces in the world boring presentations. <laughs> you can't do this and yeah. be boring. <laughs> so. If I can just make the world a better place by yeah. slimming down the PowerPoints and making people say a little less so it's not so bad in meetings, I've done my work in this, in this life. Yeah, this book is this book will, will definitely do that. Hey, you're just tuning in. We're talking about the three-minute rule, and this is a brand-new book by Brant Pinvidic, who you have got to get this book if you have not yet heard of it. I'm excited you're here because we're going to talk about it, and we're going to give you some of the insights and tips that can help you you in just three minutes get people to buy into your idea do you have a question or maybe you're shaping your pitch for your business or for your job search or for networking we can help you do that right on air 844-942-7866 you're listening to career talk if it's thursday we're live here on sirius xm 132 so you've already started talking a little bit brant about what got you inspired to write this book you, you've set through a lot of pitches you've seen the light and you've come up with this three minute rule. Now, anybody who's seeing this is probably thinking, there's no way my business is too complicated. My idea is too complex. There's no way I could just use three minutes and get people to understand it. What's your response to that? Um, Well, you'd be surprised. Every single business I work with says the same thing. My business is very complicated. I got a lot of stuff going on. Well, the truth is, it's not like it's an elevator pitch. Elevator pitches don't work anymore because people are so skeptical. So really what the three minute rule does is it gives you that window to give as much valuable information as you possibly can before your your audience starts making that initial decision-making process. Like once they've gone through the process, they get that yes or no in their head, and then it's really hard to turn it around. And so really what the three-minute rule does is help you get as much information in as possible before they start making that decision. And then you're going to be able to engage because that's really the way decisions are made. Business is done. It's like people get the basic idea. They understand how it works for them. They figure out what, what the next steps are, and then they decide, are they taking meaningful engagement or not? And really, in, in a simplified message, you can get a lot of information in those first three minutes, and you're way better off to have engagement after that that actually sort of has some meaning to it. One of the things in your book that I think really defines this well is the fire alarm attack test. And this is what I did for my presentation. And, you know, essentially the way I see it it, that you wrote about, if if there's a fire alarm after three minutes of your presentation, would people come back to the room? And that just blew my mind because it's like, uh, no, Um, (laughs) because most of the first three minutes are like, boring. Here's what I'm going to talk about. This yep. is who I am. Like, I was like, wow, that just mind, like mind blowing. Can you tell us well, more it, about that? Yeah, it actually happened to me at MTV. I was pitching a show and I had the president, I think at the time was Brian Graydon and he was in the room and literally the fire alarm went off. And you know, like when a fire alarm goes off, most people just sort of sit there and be like, is that a test or what are we doing? And it was basically like, we have to evacuate. So we went out into the parking lot. There's probably a thousand people out there in the parking lot. And then when they cleared to go back in, which didn't take very long, um, Brian decided not to go back into the room. <laughs> he went off to some other meeting or something else he was doing. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even get to explain the best part yet. I was leading up to it. I was, I was building up to my big moment, and it wasn't in the first three minutes back then. And he never came back into the room. And so I started to develop that as a system for people to sort of double-check their work, where it's like, if the fire alarm went off right now, we were in the parking lot, the fire department came and said, you're cleared to go back in the room. Like, are people going to want to go back in and hear more, discuss more? If they never got to go back in, would they have enough to pitch it to somebody else? Because decision by committee is so real right now in this world that it's not just who you pitch to, it's who they pitch to. And do they have enough to explain it to others? Will they, you know, is, is, have you done enough by that point? And if the answer is no, if you still have something in your pocket, you are definitely setting yourself up for not being successful. And I think we talk about that a lot in the the career search as well. If you're not explaining what you do or the value you bring to a company or the you know specific expertise you have to somebody who may or may not be familiar with your field in a way that they can communicate it to somebody else and be your ambassador, then yeah. you, you've just missed an opportunity because this person might go off and say, oh, yes, I met Brant. He seems like a really energetic, likable guy. Well, what does he do? I don't know. Something with, you know, three minutes. And God knows that could go in a lot of different ways. Um, so 
this is the whole idea is you've got to create something that captures people's attention and gets the point across in three minutes. And your book seriously has come up with a very simple process to help you do that with just about anything. Hey, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM Channel 132. We're going to go right to the phones with Andy in Michigan. Welcome to the show. It's on your mind today, Andy. Hey, Brent. Uh, you can hey. read your book. Question for you. Uh, some of the best ideas are small, subtle ideas with real legs. How do you find communicating and pitching those sorts of small ideas that don't jump off the page or aren't easy to give a kind of clear synopsis uh, in, a, in a short pitch? Well, I think there's a little bit of a misconception that those small ideas are small ideas, and so you've got to make them big and you've got to explain a lot. And really what you've got to understand is that you got to respect the knowledge of your audience. Today, people have so much access to information that they will get it. And so the reason why you're excited about your idea has a long history of building information in your brain. This is how you came up with it. This is why you're excited. That's why you're sitting across from me pitching the idea. So the really the core process of making people understand things is to feed them the information piece by piece so that the value builds. So it's okay that it's a small idea because when when people get it, they get it. And I, you know, one of the examples I use in the book is I had a client that basically invented and created an app that was Airbnb for horses. So it's, there's nothing revolutionary about it. It's not a huge, complicated thing. But she just laid it out so cleanly when we were done, where it's like people who travel with horses need a place to, to stick them if they have a problem or where they're going. And right now there's no online place that curates that. It's like you get the basic idea right away, and now you start to look for the engagement. So if you have something that's really simple and easy to understand, that's, that's really powerful. Clarity is super compelling these days. And if you can get people to understand those first basic elements, then all the sort of the nuances and the complications become exciting, and they sort of look to those things from a place of positivity. And one of the things you talk about in your book, Brent, that, um, Andy, I'm curious if you've tried the telephone test. So in that game when we were young where you would say a message to somebody and down the line it gets completely skewed until the end where it doesn't sound anything like the first person. And Andy, are people getting your idea? Are you are they able to repeat it back to you? Oh, I think so. I think it's just that... Um, I think on the buy side, people want big, explosive ideas, and, and I think that it's very hard to communicate subtle, very good ideas that may be around for a long time. So do you want to try on air? Brant, do you want to, can we give him a free session on air? Can you communicate and we can critique? Anytime. Are you and gonna... I like what you're saying, and big, oh. big ideas are exciting. And the big explosive ideas, and I think what happens is people want to bring out the big explosive part of their pitch way too early. And until people understand the basic elements, the big explosive sort of mind-boggling, going to change the game element of it, is you can't assess value to it, right? It's like you got to let that build a little bit. And that's one of the things I teach a lot in the book is like don't open with the hook. Don't open with the best part of, of what it is because people won't believe you. They'll, they'll be doubtful. You want to lead your audience with the information that leads up to that big moment. And then your audience will start to see the big side of the out, sort of the outrageousness of the idea and the big potential. I, I want to I tag into that, Brand, because you've got a phenomenal example in your book about that. And, and we talked about just a minute ago how you want people to come back after the fire alarm test even if they have only heard three minutes of your presentation, which I think would lead a lot of people to believe, well, that must mean I have to, to put my hook and my, my best information or give this wild promise about this is going to change your life. But in your book, you talk about why the exact opposite is true using Katy Perry as an example. Can you share that with our listeners? Yeah, it, it is. You know, you think about it, the skepticism that we're all dealt with, and I always use the example, like how many clickbait links have you clicked on on YouTube or whatnot to the point now you realize you don't believe anything that's out there in a, in a video anymore. And it's because we're so skeptical. And if you start with a grand conclusion, your audience is going to be looking to back, like, to, to detract from it. And then you're trying to back it up. And it turns this sort of, it makes doubt the, the main piece of it. And so, like I say with Katy Perry, I have this great example where I put this on a slide on the screen. I say Katy Perry is one of the greatest female artists in the history of music. 
And every time people give me this groan and this look, and they're sort of like, and I'm like, wait, do you, you don't agree with this? And I'll go through and find some of the audience, and they're like, you're crazy. And then I'll say, okay, well, let me try this a little bit different. And then I'll go through piece by piece the fact that she has more Guinness Book World Records than anybody else. She's had 18 number one hits in a row. And, like, you lay out her accomplishments, and by the end of laying that out, you're like, oh, wow. I almost don't have to say it, because now you're feeling the idea that it's like, wow, she's, like, one of the greatest performers in history. And that becomes the lay of the way you lay out information and, and movies and TV and us in Hollywood, we do that so well, which is build to the big moment and let you feel like your idea is my idea. Like you're getting there as well. And I, I did that with Bar Rescue when we sold that was John Taffer is a big, amazing Gordon Ramsay-esque character for bars and restaurants. But I didn't go into the meeting saying, hey, uh, Gordon, you know, John Taffer is the next Gordon Ramsay. Like, I didn't say that at the beginning of the meeting. Like, I think it's true. That's really what he's become. But the audience, my network buyers would have been like, oh, geez, here we go, right away. I basically laid out the elements of the show, how it works. I showed clips of John and built to the moment where the president of the network was like, so he could be our Gordon Ramsay for bars and restaurants. And that is so much more powerful to lead your audience piece by piece with that information. You know, instead of stating and proving I, I teach my clients to inform and lead. Yep. First thought when somebody makes a grand statement is prove it. And now you're in the mode of, of defensiveness, whereas your method in the three-minute rule, Brant, really shows people how to get that person to come to that conclusion on their own, which is way more powerful in um, in everything you do where there's a pitch. Hey, I think we lost Andy, but we're going to go right back to the phones here on Career Talk with Chris in Texas. Chris, welcome to the show. What's your question for Brant? Uh, thank you, Don. And hi, Brand. I'm a big fan of the hey, three-minute rule. And I, I have a question that kind of ties in with what you were just talking about because I'm, I'm really curious about um, hype and the way you talking about rationalizations in the three-minute rule. I, I, I love this, um, but you know, in, in Hollywood, I, I gotta imagine you're there's a certain element of hype, isn't there? And and I mean, how do you, how do you how do you weigh that out? I mean, where does hype play a role in in the pitch and in the three-minute rule? Well, and that's a little bit of how I've struggled a little bit at the beginning of my career is because as a Hollywood guy, people assume that we are all, hey, let's do lunch and hype, hype stuff. That's all we do, which is, ironically, it's the actual total opposite. Hollywood as a business is very sophisticated, and it's very wow. straight-laced. And I remember right in the very early in my career, I was in a meeting at CBS, and you know Simon Cowell walked out of the pitch room before me. I was going to be following Simon Cowell, and I was like, oh, man, this sucks. But what I realized is right behind me walked in Mark Burnett. And so I'm wedged into this meeting between Simon Cowell and Mark Burnett thinking like, what on earth is the network president going to be interested to hear from me, a junior producer? I can't impress them with anything that I do or say. There's no sort of like pointing and clicking and winking. Nothing is going to help at all. So I was so overwhelmed by almost like dread and nervousness that I just was like, I got to just pitch this idea as cleanly and clearly as possible, no extra words, and just get in and get out. And that meeting was maybe 12 minutes long and sold the show. And I was like, wow, that worked really well. And when it comes to the business of Hollywood, we've heard it all, we've seen it all, we've done it all. We're not impressed with anything. We just want to get the information. And what you're finding is out in the world today, every other buyer is the same way. It's like, I get it, I get it. Can you just tell me what it is, how it works, and, and how we're going to do it? Like, that's really what they want. And the hype and the flair has almost a, a negative effect now in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Chris, do you have a business you're trying to sell or an idea you're trying to sell? Oh, Dr. Graham, you're making me nervous. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I think that's why Andy hung up too. I don't. I, you don't have to do it on air. I promise. I'm just. I'm just trying to get it out there to the world. You know, you're on. You're on national radio. So here you go. Well, I appreciate. And I appreciate the chance to, to to talk with Brand. I mean, I've been a longtime fan. I lo I love the movie. Why I'm not on Facebook, but I think this. I think this book is really killing it, and and I'm also a fan of Switchers too. Oh so. well, thank you, Chris. <laughs> But yeah, I don't have a business I'm trying to pitch. I just wanted to hear what, how Brant weighs that, that idea of hype because, I mean, if, if I can have a follow-up question, I mean, do, do you have to have a certain a, a certain personality type to, to be effective in pitching? I mean, is the three-minute rule, does it work better for certain personalities versus others? I mean, what if, what if somebody's kind of introverted or kind of shy? Can it still work for them? Yeah, it's a great question, um, and I get that a lot when I'll go work with a company. They think that really what I – what they want me to do is work on their presentation skills on a personal level. 
And really today, it's like none of those things really matter. It's the information is the core of the value. And like I say, simplicity is sexy. So even if you don't have the right tie on, even if you're not super passionate, an extroverted person, people are okay with that because they're really looking for the core of the information. And in fact, some of the biotech guys or the oil and gas guys I work with who no offense to those industries, but tend to be a little less dynamic in the personality department. Yeah. They yeah, actually true. tend to do almost better because it's pull, it pulls out all the nervous energy out of them, and they're like, oh, so you mean I really only have to explain what it is and how I do it and why it's going to be great? I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to come up with jokes. I don't have to try to wordsmith. We're not neuro-linguistic programming. And it's like, no, <laughs> you know, if you stick to just the core of the information – and what happens is they actually become more confident. You actually feel and see the confidence in people come out when they're like only focused on the, on the elements of the presentation or the pitch or whatever they're communicating that is really valuable. They believe it more. When you believe it more and you're more comfortable with it, it actually comes across as more confident. We're so excited to have Brant here all hour long. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM, channel 132. And right now we have to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? So, most people have heard of Viagra and are aware of its primary use, but you may not know its benefits and usefulness in this common household hobby. What else can you use Viagra for? Dion's cracking up. Dion, I, I thought I'd ask a, a, a male focus question instead of all those clothing questions I've been asking. Okay. okay. Hey, if you think you know or you just want to help Dion out of a tough spot, you can give us a call at 844-WARTON, 844-942-7866. Most people know Viagra's primary uses, but it actually has some other uses in the household that are very helpful. Give us a call on Career Talk. You're listening to Sirius XM 132. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Hey, welcome back to SiriusXM 132. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. And if you're just tuning in, earlier in the show, I mentioned that I wanted to cover some tips that you can use if you're a new remote worker in a company. So maybe you started a new job and were planning to be in the office, but because of the coronavirus pandemic and sheltering in place, you're finding yourself starting virtually. This can be really difficult because you don't yet know the team members and you um, probably are just learning your job and the system. So this can be a really stressful time. You're excited you have the role, but obviously you want to become essential as quickly as possible so that that the rest of the organization sees you as a, a long-term um, committed team player and you can start contributing. So if you find yourself starting virtually, definitely listen up. And if you don't, think about this. If you're not starting a new job or you're not virtual right now, chances are after the pandemic moves past us and we're going back to whatever the new normal is, more and more companies are going to be hiring people to work remote roles because they're learning how to do this and they're learning that they can be just as effective with certain positions being fully virtual. So this may not be impacting you right now, but it may be impacting you at some point in the future. So I think one of the the biggest statements I can make about this is to show your soft skills. And I think that a lot of us really, really push our, our technical skills, which are, you know, certainly important, but our soft skills are those transferable skills that every company needs and certainly every organization needs when things are not going as planned like we are dealing with right now. Those soft skills that you that might come to mind are critical thinking and problem solving, adaptability, the, the ability to produce in ambiguity, which is a lot of what we're experiencing right now, how to collaborate. These are going to be your best friend to show how you are an essential employee during this time. So a couple of things that I want to really hone in on, the first one being flexibility. 
it's it's probably impossible not to be flexible right now, but you can certainly do it with a good attitude and a not so good attitude. So this is the time to roll up your sleeves and pitch in, see where you can help, even if it's outside of your normal day-to-day responsibilities. And in fact, if you're starting a new job, you may notice that the responsibilities have shifted as the priorities of the company have shifted due to the current pandemic. So this is a great time to show that you are a team player and that you have the best interests of the company and the customers in mind. To this end, something else that could be an opportunity for you right now is every company is having a lot of challenges they didn't foresee. So you can show your problem-solving abilities, and this may include using skills that you weren't even hired for, but ones that can be very useful to helping the company come up with creative solutions to whatever challenges they're facing. So you may be tempted to kind of hang out in the background waiting to be called upon, but this is not the time to do that, especially if you see an opportunity to contribute in a helpful way. You've come from a different company, maybe a different culture. You've come from a place where maybe you've done things differently. So you may have a great perspective or different point of view that can be super helpful in enabling your employer to get past a hurdle they weren't expecting. It's also important to be proactive. One of the things that is a real challenge for people starting jobs right now, if they're starting virtually, is they don't know their colleagues. They don't know... Um, you know, who they are, what they do. If your company has an org chart, that's something that could be super helpful just to kind of get the, the basic graphic layout. But even more so, this is going to be a great time for you to set up one-on-one meetings, and they can be brief because people are busy. One-on-one Zoom meetings or some other face-to-face digital meeting where you can get to know your colleagues what they're working on, what their priorities are, how your department or how your role interacts with them, and especially how you can help them. Because chances are you're probably not up to full capacity yet if you're just getting started. So this is a great time where you have a little bit of of latitude to be able to help people who are maybe overloaded right now. So I do think it's also important to be very conscious of how you you show up. You may see your colleagues showing up to their work meetings with, you know, t-shirts and children and pets on their lap and this may be the the general culture of the organization. But I think until you kind of prove yourself and until you um really become integrated into the team, I think it's important to remember that this is your first impression. So Maybe these individuals have relationships that go back years and years. And that's not to say if you're invited to, you know, bring your turtle on the screen and be like, hey, here's my pet turtle, (laughs) then do it. Great. It's a great way to connect with people over common and shared experiences. But if not, then just be cautious until you kind of really feel out the environment and, and what everybody else is doing, because first impressions can be very long lasting. Another tip that I think is going to be really helpful is setting availability. And in general, as a newbie, you want to be as available as possible. And I'm not saying that means you have to work 24-7, but during regular working hours, whatever those hours are, you want to be available on all the different mediums of communication that that organization uses, which could be phone, it could be email, it could be Slack, it could be texting, instant messaging. There's a lot of different ways. And so you you definitely want to be responsive during those hours so that people know you're there, know you're working, and know that you're going to be responsive. Now, if you have a job where you might need to take care of things after hours, I think it can be really helpful to let people know the best way to reach you after hours so that you don't have to be tethered to your email or tethered to your Um, you know, Slack or whatever it is. And so maybe if somebody needs to reach you on um, weekend or after hours, you say, you know, hey, if there's an emergency, happy to help out. The best way to get me is text, constantly checking text and give them your number. Because this way it helps people get to you quickly and it helps give you some separation between working constantly and trying to prove yourself and 
actually having some downtime and some rest where you can, you know, just decompress. So these are some helpful tips as you get started in a new company. I think that this is going to become more and more common as you move forward. And, you know, a lot of these tips that that we can talk about with this, like, for example, scheduling check-ins or, or creating a dashboard of your work to share with your team, these are things I've talked about in, in other ways in terms of how to be visible and how to make sure the decision makers know what you're capable of. These can actually be very valuable in these situations as well. So, so do think about some of the things that you've maybe learned through other things we've talked about on the show or other blogs or the things I've written, because I do believe that we all have to be a little bit more intentional right now and conscious about making sure that the work we're doing is not only great work, but that the people who are the decision makers know about that great work and recognize that we are, you know, showing up, showing up with a good attitude and flexible to engage a lot of different skills and problem solving into the work we're doing right now. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham, and we are here with Brant Pinvidic, who is talking about his book, the three-minute rule. And this is definitely a book that you want to check out if you're used to giving presentations or trying to influence or your pitch for your introduction and networking event. This book will help you in any and all of those situations to craft a brief and compelling message. And that's something that we all need to do. Also, if you want to stay up to date live, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham, or you can check out my website and newsletter, dawnoncareers.com to sign up. And we will be constantly putting up new content and advice and tips to help you through the coronavirus pandemic and make sure that your career stays on track. Here, just tuning in, this is SiriusXM 132. We are super excited today to have an award-winning director, veteran television producer, C-level sales and presentations coach, keynote speaker, top-rated podcast host, and Ford Forbes columnist, and also the author of the fantastic new book, The Three-Minute Rule, Brant Pinbedek is here all hour taking your calls at 844-942-7866. And Brant, if people want to know more about you after the show, where can they reach you? Um, you can go to the website, 3minuterule.com, and there's lots of connections. And I'm on all those social media things at Brant Pinvidic, so very easy to find. Love chatting with people, like helping people with their ideas and their pitches and what they're looking at. And so um, always happy to help. Fantastic. Hey, we are going to go right back to the phones here on Career Talk because I know we've had a lot of people who are patiently waiting. So we're going to go to Roger in California. Roger, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Ah, yes, thanks. Um, I'm wondering, Brent, if you could tell me about your worst pitch ever and was it because it went on too long? What, what did you learn from your worst pitch? And, and yeah, the worst pitch was three minutes and ten seconds, and those extra ten, ten seconds ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, the, the worst pitch I ever did was at CBS with a very difficult executive named Ken Maynard, who he prided himself on giving you zero reaction, and that was sort of the litmus test is that if he didn't like the pitch, you would never know, other than he'd say, great, got it, thank you, and that's it, the meeting would be over. And so... One time I was doing, I think it was a, some sort of gambling pitch out of set in Las Vegas that I was going to do, and I had a special game at the end that required a deck of cards and to play a certain game. The final moment, I had rigged the cards precisely so that Gen and I would play this final game, and it would be so exciting, the back and the forth, who was going to win, and it would really illustrate how this was going to work. And while I was pitching the show, I was kind of nervous, and nothing was working, and he wasn't giving any reactions. And so I was bouncing all over the place, and I couldn't, it wasn't getting my idea straight. Now, at the time, it wasn't unlike myself to sort of like babble a little bit, but that seemed normal. But because of my nervousness and the way I was talking, I actually inadvertently started shuffling the cards out of just sort of nervous habit. And in the pitch, I kind of realized, oh my God, I just shuffled these cards. And now it's going to be screwed. And so that made my pitch worse. But when we finally got to the end game, 
And I was like, hey, watch how we play this endgame. And the cards were completely shuffled. And when we played it, it was, of course, the worst version where, like, I had the winning hand the entire time. There was no back and forth. And he just basically said, okay, got it. Thanks, guys. And the meeting was over. And I just remember from that moment, like, that's it. I'm never going into a pitch where I could screw up ever again. I'm going to have it laid out so cleanly and so crisply that I could just explain the idea and I won't accidentally shuffle cards or do anything that will derail it at at all, any way, shape, or form. And it started to help me develop that system where I just started to be really simple because I couldn't memorize everything, so I just went point by point usually in an idea. And that's how it sort of brought me through. That was definitely my worst pitch. Yeah, I think to that point, Brant and, and um, Roger, great question around this is that we're we're constantly improving, and the best way to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work is to try it, and that often means screwing up, and sometimes that means screwing up in pretty important situations. So I know people are always saying, "I don't want to present; I got to practice," and and all of those things are true. You do have to practice, you do have to organize, you do have to, but you're gonna probably not be 100% happy with the end result, and you're going to learn from that, and you're going to take it to the next time, and you're going to improve on that. So constantly know that we are all improving. This is a great process to start your structure because what I think it does is it takes all of that fluff that tends to make us screw up like all of the hoopla and and you know jazzy videos and dance numbers and all the other stuff and it's just like you don't need that. You don't need no, it. Oh, you don't. You you're I love the saying that your mother used which is are you putting red lipstick on it because what does that mean? Cuz I think this is when a lot a lot of us get screwed up here. And, and I tell you, I get this all the time. So my mom is a very high-level coach and adjudicator and former president of the Sweet Adelines organization. They're a giant group of, of women barbershop court, um, choruses. So very much like the movie Pitch Perfect, but, you know, adults and way bigger. And so my mom is one of those, like, people that comes and coaches these huge choruses. You're talking about 150 women singing. And they would always, you know, when they want to move up into the final echelon of the top women choruses, she would have them come in and they always wanted some sort of trick. Hey, what if we change the way our dance steps work or how we change our outfits or what if we change the lipstick that we use or the the makeup? And she would say, no, what you need is more resonance in your vocals. And the problem is that's really hard to do at a chorus at that level. That takes a ton of work. And people are sort of like, well, no, I kind of want a shortcut. Like, they want to talk about the sequence. And she's like, when you get your vocals to the absolute perfection that they can be, then the sequence matters. And I, it's the same thing for a presentation. When I tell people, it's the same thing. Like, your tie doesn't matter. Your slides, I mean, the PowerPoint stuff that people do is so crazy. Where I'll, I'll see a company that has spent thousands and thousands of dollars on graphically engineering these beautiful transitions and these amazing slides, and their information is an absolute bungled mess. And I have never seen it the other way around, where someone's got their information so beautiful and perfect and simple, but they got ugly slides. It doesn't work like that. People are like, let's make it look pretty. Let's dial it up. Let's put on red lipstick, and that'll cover up some of the issues. And it's like it doesn't cover the issues anymore. Nobody's impressed with fonts. Nobody's impressed with transitions. Nobody cares about how pretty your slides are. They just want information. So sometimes that's harder to deal with because you've been trying it for so long and you can't quite get it right. So you're like, well, how do I, how do I make a little flare or like polish it up a bit because I can't do it. And I used to do this all the time in TV when I couldn't come up with the right challenges or I couldn't figure out how to cast it. Instead of actually dealing with the flaw in the show, I would try to make the pitch or presentation more dynamic and and exciting. And then, of course, that's great, except for somebody would ask, like, well, what's an example of an actual challenge we might do in the show? It's like, oh, I don't really have one, you know, and that's that's the same thing. Like, you've got to deal with the core of the information. Yeah, well said. Well said, Brant. Hey, Roger, thank you so much for the call. If you'd like to talk to Brant, you got a question about the three-minute rule, or of course, every Thursday, it's open call here on Career Talk. We want to hear from you, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Kathy in New Jersey. Welcome to Career Talk, Kathy. What's on your mind today? Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I understand that you were looking for somebody to try a pitch. Ooh, are you willing to do? See, take, it's a Jersey girl thing. See, I know I'm a Jersey girl. Here's here's here we go. Here we go. Yeah, we'd love to. So so Kathy, um, so Brent, how do you want to do this? What's the easiest way for you to to kind of coach Kathy through this on air? Uh, basically, I would just say like, tell me what it is you do. Like, tell me tell me the details in your words. Okay. Um, I started out as an event planner, and I am uh, now started another business that's dedicated to sandals and beaches resort travel. Um, right. 
so that that's 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 the pitch. So you so you have an event planning background. Yeah. And now you're doing like a travel club that basically focuses on sandals resorts. More like a travel agent um, for sandals and beaches resorts. I came. I started at a corporate background. Um, left a corporate job after 15 years to go out and start my own event planning business. Um, I've been doing that for 15 years, uh, and now I'm starting to transition to the sandals and beaches travel. Got it. So here's an, this is an interesting world to be in, um, in general, because you're in a high competitive environment, right? And I, and I get a lot of these. Yeah. I just work with a with a company that does timeshares, and they're trying to figure out how to pitch timeshares because timeshares traditionally have been like, hey, sign now, otherwise this deal's going away. We need to get you excited. So you're in a, you're in yeah. a world that's like, I want to compare prices. I want to know what the other resorts are offering. Why would I choose you? Like, that's going to be your biggest issue, right? That's going to be the elephant in the room is, why would I choose you? Why would I go to Sandals? I'm, I'm going to go online, Expedia, and check every other detail, right? So that's the first key piece of information I would look at in that world is, where's your competitive advantage? And know that your audience is going to research and check this out. So I would go to the core value that you're going to offer besides what everything else. And is it, is it a price difference that you offer that's different? Is it the service that you offer? What's the core value that you would say that makes what you do different than anybody else? Or really good. It's going to, um, it's going to be the service. Um, Sandals and Beaches Resorts does not allow um, any discounts. However, there are um, uh, businesses like Delta Vacations or United Vacations that will discount a package, but they're not discounting the resort. They're discounting the airfare. So obviously, I can't compete with that. But right. what I can compete with is on service so i have been to every resort i have stayed at most of them so i can narrow down your choices based on your criteria what is it you want to do what is it you're looking for is distance from the airport um a consideration so all of those different factors i can do that ready here's here's what your here's what your piece is are you ready you are basically the Amazon review for resorts. Okay, that's the way we all shop now, right? We go to Amazon, yeah. we want to see the reviews. I don't know anybody else, but I can't buy anything unless I see some stars and read some reviews. So the fact that you've yeah. personally been to these resorts, it's like your own personal concierge recommendation. And today in the world of people promising you everything, trying to Google something to find out true information is almost impossible. The very best thing you offer right now, your core is, I've been there, I can give you personal details. That in the travel world is, is going to set you apart and it's going to make you stand out from all the other crap that you're going through. Because I can tell you right now, if I was trying to find a resort in Jamaica, I would have no idea what's real because I, everywhere you go, every resort is the best. Everybody's got reviews. Everybody's saying everything. There's, there's no way to separate it. The only thing that could possibly separate it for me is if one of my friends had been there. And what would be even better if I had a friend that went to six different resorts in Jamaica and could say, this is my favorite. You're basically offering a service where you can say, I've been to these places, this is my best. It's almost like a personal recommendation service. That separates you apart. And somewhere in your hook or your line is the idea that you're like the Amazon reviews for resorts for sandals. Ooh, I like it, Kathy. That's I really, like that. I, like, if I heard that, I'd almost be like, okay, I think I want to talk to you about my next vacation because I work with sandals as well. So it's like, okay, <laughs> I might want to get your impression. Awesome. I wish you guys could see my face right now because I've got this big smile because when you said about the personal travel concierge, that's actual yeah. part of my email signature. Yeah, I love that. And it's not that you just yeah. it's not that you can get stuff done for your it's like it's the fact that you know it personally. You're giving me your personal recommendation like a friend would that's been there. And like today yeah. in a shopping world and that is a huge, huge advantage. People are desperate for that. They're looking for that. Fantastic. Kathy, you brave soul. You just you just got 
I don't know, thousands of dollars of consulting right there on air. Yeah, I'm sending a bill. I'm for that. that requires some pre-order books right now. Go to Amazon. Yeah, go to Amazon. Get the three-minute rule. Right. Brand Pimpedic, because this book, I mean, we just did it in literally 30 seconds on air. So yeah. if you could do that in 30 seconds, imagine what would happen if you take a few minutes to read this book and start doing it. I got halfway through and... I totally changed my presentation, nailed it. Thank you, Brant. Hey, Kathy, thank you so much for calling us on Career Talk and, of course, for being a brave soul and doing your pitch on air. We're here with Brant Pimidig and talking about his new book, The Three-Minute Rule, which is awesome. And here's the thing that I think is so important. It is simple. It is simple. You will read this book and you will say, holy Hannah, I can't believe I haven't been doing this for years. And you'll probably feel a little bit bad about yourself because you'll think about your last few presentations and go, oh man. But then from here on out, you've got this. You've got this. 844 Wharton 844-942-7866. Oh, Dion. Oh, Dion. Yes. Okay. Let's let's do this. Let's get this over with. Um, <laughs> let's. <laughs> most people have heard of Viagra and are aware of its primary use, but you may not know its benefits and usefulness in this common household hobby. So it's a, oh, hobby. Ooh. Well, I, I couldn't really think of a word. It was that, that word, I... <sighs> Hobby, pastime. Mm. I mean, it wasn't really coming to me. Okay, then that that means my answer is wrong. No, because I, I was thinking like household chore. Eh, like, eh, 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 possible. I don't know. See, my idea was because we're because we're we're uh, talking about a pill, right? <laughs> Vi- Viagra is a pill, right? It, it is. Congrats, so, Dion. You don't know what <laughs> Viagra is. Yep, yep. So if you dissolve it in water, mm-hmm. you can clean windows with it. You know, um, that might be true. I, I don't know. I've never tried it. But but you're kind of like 50% there. So, Michelle, you got a big hint because Dion's 50% there. Well, I was going to say it's a pill. It raises your heart rate. So I'm guessing you're going to have more energy. So I'm thinking it, it yes. helps you clean your house. What is this with cleaning your house? <laughs> is this somebody's hobby? Do what people have a hobby you need of cleaning your house? I, uh, um, what else to do with a pill? Okay, well, you're just going to blow your mind. Just wait. Um, Viagra not only help, helps males, but also extends the lifespan of cut flowers and other perishables. Researchers discovered that just one milligram compared to the 50 usually taken by men dissolved in a vase of water could make flowers stand up straight for a week longer than they would normally. Wow. <laughs> Viagra was also tested on strawberries, legumes, broccoli, and other perishables and were found to have the same results. So um, <laughs> Dion's I don't know if you're crying or laughing, but um, hey, you know, this is good information. Do you know yes. how expensive flowers <laughs> yes, are is. and how quickly they die? Yes. Do you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who knew? All right. All right. We're going to go back to the phones. We're here on Career Talk. You're listening to Sirius XM 132. I, I think that's going to help somebody today, Dion. I'm just saying. Uh, Lisa in Florida, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hi, my name is Lisa Lefevre, and I am in the cannabis and hemp space. Um, I live in both Colorado and Florida, and I'm pretty excited uh, that after five years of being in the business, three years of growing uh, dispensaries and so forth, I'm ready to launch um, a product line called Comfort by Two Sisters. And I'm formerly in the medical um, arena as well as education and entrepreneur spaces. So um, I'm kind of blending all the pieces of uh, my experience um, to bring together um, connections. And it's actually women I've met in the industry, um, being medical, business, and um, cannabis space. So developing products for solutions uh, in pain and sleep, natural solutions based on organic plants is what I'm looking to do. Um, what's important to me is that I blend um, a trust, create a trusted brand um, with the brand personality of trust, art, and education. So that's where I am, and I'm about to launch at our dispensaries within the next four weeks. So I love this this opportunity to tap into um, pitches and also um, the opportunity to have clarity because there's so much education required behind these products. So. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So the question is, how can you explain cannabis and its benefits in three minutes and your company and, and all of that? So you actually did, you know, a great job of giving us a lot of details in your opening, Lisa. So I'm going to I'm going to have Brant jump in and, you know, do his magic for for, yeah, for the pitch. Because I, I actually do. Uh, I just did a big keynote for the cannabis industry and I do some lobbying training for them on how to own the narrative and the story of how cannabis is going to end up finding their way to federal legalization. So I know the world really well. The key that you have to deal with, and even listening to you explain it, it's like somewhere in there is the idea that what you're talking about is sort of marijuana for medicinal use. And I think what the biggest piece that you want to explain is that there has been research already done. There are anecdotal evidence that it helps with sleep, that it helps with pain, and that you've taken those pieces and formulated a product that will help based on a natural evolution of this product. So really, it's, it's just a much linear way of explaining it, whereas it's, it's, it's cannabis-based, but it's for medical use. Because really what the cannabis industry has been fighting over the last few years is it had a really big opening when Sanjay Gupta and CNN did this great piece on Charlotte and the girl with all the seizures, and it really showed that it could be a medical piece. But then the entire industry went to the stoner cards that people went had glaucoma. Everybody in the world all of a sudden grew glaucoma and was getting these medical cards to go get their, their weed and get high. And so what you need to do if you have a real product that's focused on the medical side of it, that needs to be part of your opening. And what I call the reason for being is that there is actual a ton of research, a ton of anecdotal evidence that the cannabis space in the, in the medical world has real advantages and, and performs really well, and you have developed a product based on that research. And I think those are the first two things I would get from what I, from what I hear from you is, and that's the product you would develop, and here's what the product is for, and here's how it works. And just those core pieces. And then people will understand that. You've got to understand, like, like people know this world now. They're, they, they understand the way cannabis industry is, is evolving, and there's the stuff that gets you high and the stuff that fix, fixes you medically, but nobody understands the difference between the two. So I think that that's where I would focus is, what is the difference between what you have and what I can go to the bud tender at the local dispensary, and he's going to give me purple nurple or whatever, right? And that, I think yeah. that really would help you. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Brant. We really appreciate that uh, you calling, Lisa, and we wish you all the best with your business. And I knew this hour flies by and goes so, so quickly. Um, so I didn't even get a chance to ask you, Brant, like how, how, you know, what's my what's my uh, Amazon for sandals for career talk? So you, you might have to you might have to tweet me off air on that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is our, our three minute rule? Um, your book is amazing, The Three-Minute Rule. If you're just tuning in and you've missed our hour with Brant Pivitic, you can get his book on Amazon and many other booksellers, but you can also listen to a replay of this show. We're pretty much on every day on SiriusXM 132 at different times. You can find that on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. We'll, we'll post those times. But one last time, Brant, where can people reach you if they want more information? Easy to find me, the3minuterule.com and any of the social media platforms at Brant Pinvidic. Fantastic. And just for those of you um, who have not yet heard of this amazing person, it's P-I-N-V-I-D-I-C. Brant, thank you so much for being here, but even more so, thank you so much for writing this book. I think this is going to change the way we all do presentations. We are here for you live every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, taking your calls on any and all career topics. So if you're just tuning in, you can check out the show also on iTunes and Google Play. We always put it out there for you. And this is Dr. Don Graham, host of Career Talk, and we'll see you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.